glad you are availing yourself to the powerful message provided by Wisdom Connection, the Media Ministry of Wisdom International Network Ministries, where individuals have been helped to shape their future to fulfill their God-given destinies. We pray that in message will enable you to find fulfillment in life. Now let's receive the message. Lay hold on the promises of God to raise our expectation to a point that we will receive those promises. Yes. A promise is not a promise until there is trust to the person that gave us the promise. A promise is not a promise until there is trust attached to the promise. So, Miss Okine, you say you're coming to church, and as a pastor of the church, I know that Miss Okine is coming to church on Sunday. So, what happens? The expectation that I look forward to seeing you goes a notch higher because you gave me what? Your word that what? You're coming to church, and based on the trust I have for her, my expectation is raised. A promise, I'll say it another way, is a trust not broken. Because when you give somebody a promise, and you don't fulfill that promise, you break the trust they have for you. A promise is a trust not to be broken. You don't promise people until you have the capacity to fulfill that promise. You don't promise anybody anything until you have the wherewithal to make sure you see that promise come to pass. So if you're going to promise somebody something you can't deliver, with time, instead of you becoming a faithful person, You'll be seen as an unfaithful person and a liar. Let God alone be true, the Bible says, and every man a liar because, you see, man can sincerely promise, but because of the circumstances surrounding our proclivity as human beings, we're fallible to negate on the promise. You see, God always would not give you a promise that he can keep, number one, and number two, God will not give you a promise that he has already established before you come to believe him. The Bible calls the God we serve a covenant maker and a covenant keeper. He's a God who initiates covenant and a God who keeps covenant. I want you to understand this because without this foundation, you don't understand what promises. You see, when we talk about covenant, we're talking about an agreement or a contract. Say agreement, agreement, or contract. Or contract. I had just two people. Say agreement, agreement, or contract. Or contract. When I told you I will call you, what is the agreement? It's because we have something to discuss. So the agreement is that when I find time at six o'clock, I was going to call you. There is no Promise without covenant. And there is no covenant without promise. You see, covenant is the highest form of any kind of agreement you can think about. And our God makes covenant for two reasons. 
One, because he wants to show his faithfulness to his children. And two, because he wants a relationship with his children. Based on these two major reasons, God, when he calls any man, he gives them promises. And Paul was telling the Corinthians that the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Yes means that before God opens his mouth to tell you, I'll make you a father of many nations. I'll make you the world's richest person. God has already established that before he comes to reveal it to you. So every person who is walking with God must understand these characteristics of our God. He's a covenant maker and he's a covenant keeper. Say that to me. He's a covenant maker and a covenant keeper. Some human beings can make a covenant and they will turn around and forget and not keep it. So God initiates covenant because he wants to prove himself to humanity that when he says something, he will stand by what he says to make sure that that thing comes to pass. Apostles, so why don't we see the promises of God happen? It's because God has made the promise. Nobody has bind themselves with a promise to see it happen. Because I told you a covenant is between two or more people. And this covenant is what initiates the promises of God. So, before I go into scriptures and read a lot more scriptures, I want you to uh, uh, understand this fact. The Bible has already established that two cannot work together except they are in agreement, right? Mm -hmm. So, being in agreement simply means that you had something that tickled your fancy, tickled your ears, and you got interested, so you decided to get involved in it. In biblical times, God has made several covenants with several people. The one that stands out is his covenant with to Abraham. Yes. And another one is the Israeli or uh, the Hebrew covenant that he made with Moses, which sometimes we call the Ten Commandments. It's generally called the Old Testament because the Old Testament was an agreement God made with those he adopted as his children, as his family. So the Old Testament had promises and they have consequences if those promises were not followed to the, to the T. But you see, God realized that these promises was rather to reveal the people's witness to them and did not give them enough confidence for a relationship. So in their effort of trying to fulfill the terms of the covenant to receive the blessing, they became religious rather than having a relationship. I want you to understand this very clearly. I'm taking my time because a lot of people who are in church and they are calling themselves so-called Christians don't understand this term of the covenant. So God gave them a covenant to keep them around before he brings the reality of what he was trying to show them in the shadows. So the Old Testament was a shadow of the New. And the New Testament is the revealed promise of 
the old. The Old Testament was to give them a taste of what is to come. Like you're walking into a room with a light behind you and cast a shadow. If somebody is in the room, the first thing they will see is your shadow, not the real you. So the Old Testament was a foretaste of what God is trying to establish in their heart of what is to come. And the old is embedded with the new concealed, and the new now is embedded with the old revealed. So I'm going to read this scripture, that's why I went all that lengthy to explain this. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 3, and I'll cut the chase and read six quickly. It says, For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. So when God initiated the New Testament, he needed a sacrifice and a gift to represent his surety and guarantee for this new covenant. Amen? Mm -hmm. Testament, covenant. The same, but used interchangeably. Verse 6, but now, say but now. But now. Come on, say but now. But now. I want to hear you. Say but now. But now. But now have he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Did you see that? Yes. A better covenant which was established upon better, promises. better. Promises. So there cannot be a promise without a covenant, and there cannot be a covenant without a promise. When you meet somebody randomly at a party, in a shopping mall, and you guys strike acquaintance and start talking, you see, the conversation gets to a point that there is a desire in both of you to come continue that conversation. You see, that mutual desire brings you to, to a place of an agreement. Knowing or unknowingly, you want to know the person, the person wants to know you, so you exchange numbers. Isn't that what we're doing now more in time? Yes. You see, you call yourself again after the normal conversation again and again and again, and now because you've been I mean, I'll say, I want to use the right word so that I won't sound corny. Because you've grown interest in the person. And the person has grown interest in you. Sometimes the trick is you might not know how deep the person has grown interest in you. But you think you've found what? A friend. So you keep calling until one day you call the person and they don't call you back. Out of your generation. Call it. I just learned that really recently. Ghosted. They start ghosting you, right? You call them and they don't call you back, and then you feel what this what appointed because there were no, I mean, real agreement. There was just what a matter of emotional, I mean, sensation, and you feel disappointed. Why? Because. In your heart, you talk, you had a relationship with this person, but not knowing, they didn't see it as such. You see, so there's a lot of deception going on around if we don't understand the concept of promise. Sometimes
sometimes somebody might not come out to say it. They might not open their mouth to say it, but their action suggests it. It's important for you to understand it because if you don't and you bind your heart to that, you can be disappointed. But look at how God put it here. It says, now we obtain a more excellent, Christ has obtained a more excellent ministry, but how much also he became the mediator of a better, a better covenant, a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. So I came all the way to let you know that there is a covenant God had with his children based on what Christ came to do for us. And there's nothing more dependable than what Christ did when it comes to our relationship with God. As we get into this subject, I'll go more practical and talk about agreement between two people. But in this particular section, I want you to understand the foundation of promises. Promises are made based on a what? An agreement between two people. Those of you that use um, phones, it might be Android or Apple phones, you can see that some of the apps, before they allow you to download the apps, they put certain inscriptions down and then they would give you the opportunity to uh, what, agree to the terms of the conditions they place there. Let me tell you, honestly and sincerely, I'm smiling because all of us do this thing. We just browse through it and agree because we're desperately looking for that word app. But guess what? There are terms and conditions you didn't read. And when push comes to show you, be bound by that terms and conditions. All is done because they know that the human mind is quick to jump to things, but is not slow to understand what they're getting into. I'm slowing down. The human appetite is always salivating to get what they want to get, especially in this generation right here, right now, without taking their time to really understand the terms and conditions. They get involved into it before they realize that, uh-oh, I don't like what I've gotten involved into. By then it would have been too late. But you see, there's another alternative we can go around to enjoy the promises that we gain from God to man and from man to man. In Hebrews chapter 2, God made it clear through Paul to the Ephesians, Hebrews 2, 12, or I'll read from verse 11. It says, Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcised by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Talking about the Old Testament, against the New Testament. Verse 12, you're there? Yes. It says, that at the time you were without Christ being alien from what? The commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of what? Promise. Covenants of promise. So it means every agreement 
has a promise attached to it and the consequences that goes with it. You are strangers from the covenant of promise and having no hope and without God in the world. But 13 says, read. But now in Christ Jesus, who you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who have made both one and have broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in the flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments obtained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. You can read the rest of the verses. I'm reading it, Ephesians 2. I just read 14. Hello? Yes. So God wants us to know that everything we needed, what verse did I mention first? Hebrews. Hebrews. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Ephesians. I read Hebrews 8. Amen? God wants to understand that God in his own infinite wisdom has made two to become one. Two old and new to become one in one man. And for us to have relationship with him, we need to understand this concept of the dead burial resurrection of Christ and the sacrificial work he did on Calvary's cross for us. I know not many people believe in that. But to most of you that wants to have a true relationship with God and not a religious experience, you see, you cannot jump this to have a relationship with God. You must understand the agreement between what Christ came to do for us and what God was trying to do with the children of Israel. So Jesus Christ, I love um, verse 15, they haven't abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments obtained in ordinances for to make himself of twain one new man, so making what peace. The peace that God needs to have relationship with humanity is a sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So Christ became the mediator. Mediator is somebody who stands between two people. So you can enjoy the promises of God without coming through Christ. Can I say that again? Mm -hmm. We cannot just jump the gun and enjoy the promises of God without first going through the Christ. See, the Christ is the common denominator between God and man. The Christ is the spirit Jesus Christ left for us to have in us to connect with the Holy Spirit to be able to relate to God. The Christ is not a man. The Christ is a quickening spirit. The Christ is what regenerates you from your old self to become a brand new man. A New Testament believer, a New Testament child of God is the Christ. How can you enjoy the promises of God? You can only enjoy God's promises when you become a child of God. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. 
trying to find out how he was able to do all that he was doing. He confessed and said, no man can do these things except God be with him. And Nicodemus didn't know that Jesus was the God that tabernacled himself in human flesh to dwell among us. His name is Emmanuel, God be with us. Why am I running around? Because if the Emmanuel is not with you, you have nothing in God, so God cannot connect to you. If you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, you're none of this. He cannot relate to you in any way. They that follow the spirit are spiritual. They that are carnal follow the flesh are carnal. So can I safely say that there are a lot of you going to church, but you have nothing in God and God has nothing in you because you're not connected to the Christ through whom you can relate to God. So all you have to do is to follow your dogma, your doctrines, your do's and your don'ts. But God is looking for a real people that have promises waiting to be fulfilled in their lives. Ladies and gentlemen, it gets deeper when we talk about promises. We can talk about a promise from a man to God, a God to man, and man to man. If your relationship with God is not sincere, you cannot be faithful. The same way if your relationship with man is not sincere, you can follow up to see the promises you give to people fulfilled. So let me say it this way. I'm trying to help you. If you want to relate well in this world with people that God places in your life, you have to have a good relationship with God. If you have a very good relationship with God, there's a tendency God will give you the grace to build relationship with people around you. See, the cardinal point of all that we're chasing as God's children is simple, but a little complicated because most people don't understand it. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your spirit, and your soul. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's as simple as that. You see, if you have Christ in your heart, you chase after God because you know you're far behind, time is already lost, and you'll catch up. The same way the love you have for God, God will give you compassion for people. But what do we see? A lot of people are saying they are church members. They go to church, they love God, but it, don't, it doesn't reflect in their lives because they just throw it as a cliche or a jargon without really meaning what they're saying. Our God is a God of covenants. He makes covenant, which means He initiates it. He has the covenant. And He is the same person after He's cut the covenant, was take by what He has said and see it through to come to pass. This goes deeper. So we'll do another session next week. I want you to keep connecting with Wisdom Connection. Because that's the only medium we can send this good news to you. It's a good news. Is that not being clarified enough so a lot of people are confused? 
keep connecting to us. And hear a lot of sound teaching that you can use to help develop good relationship with God and relationship with one another. I'm your servant. I'm Sam from Wisdom International Network Ministries. I have won because Christ is in my heart. God bless you. Mm -hmm. Bless you. Same time.